0: Baseball with the Bard. Hello, everybody, and good Sunday morning, and welcome to episode seven. Yes, seven with Noah. We've made it to lucky number seven of Baseball with the Bard. Good morning. I am your host, Tyler Bard, and this is my best friend, Noah Cross, the magician, joining us for yet another episode about baseball on this Sunday morning. So let's get started in the same fashion that we like to get started, but Noah. I have great news! Fantastic for the first time during the 2020 season, Major League Baseball went an entire week without a player testing positive for COVID 19. The league and the Major League Baseball Players Association announced this on Friday. So that's coming from Friday's stats. I don't think any information has come out uh, that would say otherwise on Saturday or today. Um, So we're going to continue saying that that is the case. Um, The New York uh, Mets were, although for. To postpone last weekend's series against the New York Yankees due to two positive COVID-19 tests with the organization, but resumed play on Tuesday. Um, So it would seem, Mr. Cross, that the Major League Baseball is doing something correct
1: here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you have zero positive tests in a one-week span after having so many scares, so many players uh, getting sick. It's good to see. Uh, so it's hopefully going to be a sign that they figured out all the things that they need to do, worked out all the kinks to ensure the safety of all of the players uh, who are, you know, pretty much risking their health here, uh, in, in a very big way to play baseball. Obviously, make big paychecks, but overall, entertain all of us.
0: How exciting, though! I. I... You know, COVID is such a, uh, a horrible sickness to get, and uh, to see anyone get it, even these young guys um, coming down with the sickness, and guys like Erod, who have been hit the hardest of any player that I know, um, it's it's great to see that MLB is taking it seriously, um, and these guys are going to be back working eventually soon, and hopefully we can just forget about COVID, and in a few weeks, I don't have to give COVID up to the updates for the MLB anymore. Um, so hopefully in, in a few months time, I know a few weeks is optimistic, um, but hopefully even this baseball on the screen could stop wearing his mask to the game and we can <laughs> get back to normal baseball. Um, so yeah, there was a, another interesting development this week, Noah, would you like to take the lead on the, uh, Jacob Blake shooting in Kenosha and we you can give us a little insight to that?
1: So there were, as you can see, the Black Lives Matter, uh, Black Lives Matter banner there at Fenway Park. Uh, there were seven MLB games called off over the protest of the Jacob Blake shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin that happened recently. Uh, the seven games were the Oakland Athletics versus the Rangers, the Minnesota Twins versus the Detroit Tigers, the Phillies, the Nationals, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays, Rockies, Diamondbacks, Orioles, and the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, though all those teams announced prior to the start of the game that they would be uh, protesting the game in order to uh, spread awareness over racial injustices in the nation. uh, One game was the Marlins versus the Mets. They actually went out and took the field as if they were going to play, held a moment of silence, and then walked off of the field uh, to, again, spread that awareness. I think it's good to see the players coming together. It's obviously a hot ticket item in the news and the media all over the world today and all over the nation in particular. So it's nice to see that the MLB is aligning with their players as the Players Alliance would say, one team, one dream. And they want to make sure that all of the players in all of baseball uh, are being represented and they want to say you know we stand by everyone not just one individual not just one group of people so it's good to see the teams retrofitting their stadiums with these banners it's good to see the players taking stands and saying that they stand with the injustices and they say you know let's put a stop to this let's find the fix Uh, and the players um I'm sorry. The Players' Alliance is that organization in MLB that is actually doing the most. Uh, they're donating to a lot of uh, in, uh, organizations that are trying to lessen the impact of these um, terrible things that are happening all over the nation. They're trying to educate more people to keep them from happening, and they're overall looking for a fix, looking to alter the course uh, that you know we're going down this road that we keep seeing of these racial injustices occurring all over the nation. So it's nice to see these players coming together. Uh, I stand with them. The players, I couldn't agree more with what they're doing. It's good to see that MLB, along with all of these individual teams, players, and organizations, are taking a stand and saying we need to work together in order to make this problem better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was a powerful, powerful movement um, from m- not just MLB, but m- almost every major sports um, organization in at least the United States, the WNBA, the NBA um, NHL, NFL players, uh, are made, made statements from their, our or whole teams made statements from their locker rooms because they are all practicing right now as well. Um, so it's very nice to see finally, uh, you know, people have said, well, these athletes are all talk. They, they say things, but they don't actually go out and do something about it. And then when they do do something about it, people still complain. Um, but the players are done, uh, taking the back seat now. And they are the lead to a lot of our entertainment. And they are in the driver's seat right now. Um, and it is very nice to see that they are using their platform um, from, you know, the Pirates Park to Fenway Park to Yankee Stadium to Oakland. All of these major cities in the United States uh, are, are taking a stance. And I just want to read a, a message here. It's from the Oakland Athletics. They were the first team to opt out on Thursday. Uh, it says that social injustice and systematic racism have been part of the fabric for our lives for far too long. Uh, We have a responsibility to use our platform to lend our voices for those who are not being heard. We need to continue having the uncomfortable conversations and work towards being a unified force for change. These conversations will push the boundaries and and enable us, rather, to come through on the other side with impactful results. All too often, we hear about the plight of our fellow man and fail to act. It is long past due that these communities are being heard, seen, understood, and supported. We will not take the field tonight to help raise awareness for these social issues, not just tonight, but for the collective future. This is for the first step in our relentless pursuit for meaningful change. Incredibly powerful statement from the Oakland Athletics. Uh, Their their team, uh, as we all know, is doing incredibly well right now. This is, a, this is an Oakland Athletics team that is off to one of their best starts. And on the COVID season, this is a great start for these guys because it's going to put them probably in the playoffs. And for a team like them to take a step, and take a step back, that is, and put their season at jeopardy, per se, by not playing a few games, incredible. Because it shows what's really important to these players overall. We are people first. The sport comes second.
1: Absolutely. No, 100 percent. And as you said, it was a powerful statement by the A's there. I'm happy to see it and I'm happy to see baseball and so many other organizations, you know, baseball, the NBA and so many other places uh, taking a stand and saying we're going to unite. We're going to come together. And the only way we can fix this is if we all work together. So it's good to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So glad to see that happening. But let's take a look back into the actual sport for a moment. And uh, talk about some potential trades that are coming up with the uh, trade deadline here. So baseball analyst Buster Olney said that if you're shopping for an ace, apparently teams say that Mike Clevenger is very much on the table with the Indians absolutely willing to move him for the right offer. Um, Yes, please. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I would gladly take Mr. Clevenger uh, to wear Boston Uni uh, for the rest of the season and next. Um, Do you think that's realistic, that the Red Sox would be one of those teams? No. I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry.
0: But it's it's funny because all season we've been saying Uh the Red Sox need pitching. But I I agree with you. I do agree with you. But we've been saying all season, pitching, 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 pitching. The Red Sox need pitching. But every time a massive pitcher comes up, everyone says not a chance.
1: Yeah, well, I think the biggest issue, especially with Clevenger, is uh, there was an article by um, Nick Dungoff's, fan-sided and he actually said that the asking price for Clevenger is sky high uh, so I don't see the Red Sox being able to give up anything I mean they don't have much left so you're going to trade the farm to get one solid starting pitcher when your season is already in ruins
0: no true I but I don't think they're looking to win this season I think they're looking to build for next Clevenger just going to have to deal with not making the playoffs this season if he comes to Boston um, which is I, again boston's not yet out of the picture, um but as we 'll see later it 's becoming more and more hopeless at this season uh at this point in the season but i, I don't i don't think it 's out of the cards for Boston to go after him it's out. Um, i i don 't think so I think they 've done crazier moves before uh when they do a reset so um we've seen some crazy moves by boston's administration and ownership before um so i I don't do i think clevenger is going to be a red Sox? no do i think it's possible absolutely no stop stop it you stop it i'm just trying to be helpful i'm just trying (laughs) (laughs) um and I, i put a note that said the red sox and the yankees right now seem to be content in their position for the remainder of the season based on the lack of noise from the front office, aside from the Red Sox pickups that we talked about already earlier, uh, I believe, in last episode, and the Yankees with the pickup of uh, their newest catcher, Rob Brantley. What would you think of that? That seemed like a message to Gary Sanchez.
1: I wouldn't say it was a direct message to Gary Sanchez. I think it was more of a message to the Yankees and saying, we have to back ourselves up here and prepare ourselves for success. I'll be honest. When I saw, um, oh my gosh, now I can't even remember our guy's name here. Gary? Uh, No, no, the other one that got traded. But when I I saw... Yeah, well, my my thing was Kyle Gashioka, to me, isn't a solid backup for Gary Sanchez. I'm sorry. He played one season uh, up there from the Yankees. He was only there because of the immense amount of injuries. I wasn't 100% sure with Austin Romine getting the boot because it just didn't make sense to me. Uh, To me, he was a solid player. He had solid at-bats in the playoffs. He was honestly one of the hottest bats we had in terms of a starting uh, catcher. And now they're just going to go and trade him. Obviously they were trying to shed some payroll yeah. so they could pick up Garrett Cole. But my thing was, sure you have Gary Sanchez. We don't know how our injury bug is going to play again. So we can't really say, oh, let's just have one backup catcher who we right. think who we think is going to be good. So them picking up a guy like Rob Brantley was a great move because they know yeah. they don't have much depth in their catching department.
0: And you get a veteran guy in the dugout um, to to come in and and kind of lead the dugout uh, to especially a team that's kind of been in a bit of a struggle this last seven days. Um, so maybe it'll be nice to have someone in there who knows exactly what they're talking about. Um, and not have the, uh, immaturity is not the right word, but, and I don't want to just say that young guys don't have the maturity to be leaders because it's not true. We've seen it in Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts. Um, but it's nice to have the maturity and the wisdom of an older player leading a team. Um, But I I actually I do think it was a little bit of a shot at Gary Sanchez that says you're you're not secure and we can replace you. Just we're not planning to right now, but just know at any moment you could be the second guy
1: okay I mean I, I don't know if they'll ever make Gary Sanchez the backup catcher um, I, again I just think it was more of a the Yankees realized we need to make sure that we have enough people who can just do this job at the major league level because all they really had was Sanchez and Higashioka and Higashioka they weren't sure what he was I know 100% capable of last season was his first, right. major major call on calling to say hey prove, prove to us what you got he wasn't even supposed to be did. He did, sure. But but again, if Sanchez goes down and then you have Gagashioka, where do you go from there?
0: Well, true. You do need more depth. And with with Austin Romine being gone, it was obvious that you were going to need to pick someone up. Um, But I was shocked to see it be a veteran catcher and not just someone younger to work underneath Gary Sanchez. So I think that's why I'm thinking the way I am.
1: Okay, fair, fair.
0: Um, but yeah, it's uh, an interesting, interesting week for sure for both the Red Sox and Yankees. But let's just quickly take a look at the season standings if we can here. Uh, I believe Joe has a gr- our regular graphic to look at. Um, the Red Sox were as horrible as they uh, have been and are still remaining at the bottom of the standings. And the Yankees are no longer at the top.
1: Mm, how the mighty have fallen, my friend.
0: Can you believe that? Can you believe that? I was actually shocked. Um, I don't know if we have a graphic right now, but I do have it pulled up here uh, for our audio listeners. So the Rays are 23 and 11 right now in first place of the ALEs, with the Yankees 17 and 13, Blue Blue Jays, Blues, <laughs> Blue Jays 17 and 14, Orioles 14 and 18, and the Sox uh, rounding out the bottom at 11 and 12. I do believe, let me just look through here. Yeah, now the Rays have the best record in the American League at 23 and 11, just Mm -hmm. over the Athletics, who are 22 and 12. You hate to see it. Oh, man. You know, as a Red Sox fan, I hate to see it, but Noah. How have I been doing on my predictions this season? I'm killing it.
1: I know know you said the Rays were going to be the ones to shock the world. I still disagree. I think the Yankees are going to write the ship, but we'll get into their segment later. But I will say uh, they're not going to have an easy time doing it. The, they're going to go yeah. through the Indians, who have you know, an amazing team there, an amazing manager. And we always say the Athletics are going to play well, but I'm going to keep to the Athletics being eliminated in the first round of any type of playoff, <laughs> any year. I don't care COVID or not, they're not going to go all the way. So I
0: don't even care. I'm not even going to conjure <laughs> up, up the thought. You know, I, I get it. I get it. Their past has been make it to the playoffs, lose. Make it to the playoffs, lose. Make, make it, even, it to the playoffs,
1: I'm lose. It's a wild card.
0: So yeah, it's it's absolutely insane that these guys can't get anything done uh, in the playoffs. But I, maybe this is the year that they get it done. What do you? I mean, why not? They've been playing incredibly. Um, so I just I don't
1: they know. They do that every single year. They play incredibly. They get to the they get to the dance of the wild card, and then they get tr- they got trounced last year. Last year they got absolutely. Pumbled dude then it wasn't even a competition in the wild card
0: game they just straight up lost yeah so i don't know i, I don't know and joe's pulling up some stats along the bottom here some trades um it, it's it's been interesting but it hasn't been anything that i've been like whoa you know usually at the trade deadline there's one player who goes like the giants acquired daniel robertson and and, and dfa hunter pence wow <laughs> like i'm not all that excited. Trevor Rosenthal from the to the Padres. Um, it's just and Gerard Dyson, I believe, is going to the White Sox as well. Is that something I believe I read? I do have um, a, so,
1: one that might be a bit of a surprise. Oh. So, as you know, the Yankees, I mean, the Yankees have a good starting rotation, okay? They have Garrett Cole. They got their ace. They got their white whale. The Yankees, from what I've been hearing, there's been some buzz. Stop that they it. could be trying to acquire a solid number, two because you have Tanaka finally came back, but you have Paxton, who continues to struggle with injuries and could struggle with velocity, period. You have uh, Luis Severino. We don't know when he's going to be able to come back yet. And you have J.A. Happ. So in terms of making that uh, bringing more solidity to the lineup, there has been a bit of a buzz that the Yankees could be looking at Lance Lynn, who used to play in New York. So I have a feeling he would be more than happy to come back. And I would say he's actually improved immensely since he's left New York, as he's been dazzling with the Texas Rangers. And he was one of my guys that I always put in my starting rotation in fantasy because he always has, pulls together some really good starts. Is he going to be an ace? No. Is he going to go in there and be a solid number two to follow up Garrett Cole or number three? of freaking lutely And I really think that if the Yankees were to get someone like Lance Lynn back in their rotation after his rejuvenation of being able to come out, you like that word, rejuvenation? That was a big uh, word. I'm proud I, of you. I thank you. Of his uh, ability to really go out there and get outs, I think the Yankees will definitely look into that because they don't want to keep murdering their bullpen, as we'll call it, uh, start after start when their regular starters can't go more than five innings a lot of the time. They need another guy who can get seven or eight, and Lance Lynn could be that guy for the Yankees. So. That, to me, would be a surprise.
0: All right. Well, that's granted, that is a surprise. I actually hadn't heard about that. Um, but that's not one where, again, it's not something where I'm like, whoa, groundbreaking. It's not Justin Verlander to the Astros groundbreaking. Okay. Um, so I, I, and I, what did we expect in COVID season? No one's going to give up their, their massive players right now. This season's a bust. All, everyone's going to want to re-sign with the team they're on. Mookie Betts ain't going anywhere. None of these moves are going to happen that everyone is hoping for because they didn't really get to play. Um, Is it disappointing? A little bit. I love the trade deadline. It's fun to watch where these players get shuffled up and thrown away to another team, Um, especially when they're on a winning team and they go to a losing team. That's always hilarious. Um, Horrible, but hilarious for me because I'm evil and I like evil moves. Um, So, yeah, that's – I see what you're saying. It really doesn't excite me all that much. Uh, last time Lance was with the Yankees, he didn't finish off all that well. Um, so maybe he can bring it back and pick it up. And for your guys' sake, after this last week, I hope you do pick them up because you're going to need him. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yankees have been struggling. But the Red Sox are not doing any better. Uh, and as you stated early, any pitcher we've mentioned isn't coming. The Red Sox desperately need pitching. But moving on to the Red Sox now, I have a uh, message from uh, the Kennedy owners of the Boston Red Sox. It said, we never labeled anyone as untouchable. Just given the fact that sometimes to retool and restructure for the future, you have to sometimes make difficult decisions. As you saw with the Mookie Betts transaction, I don't think anybody would be untouchable as it were. But there are certain guys who have grown up in the system that we'd like to keep with the Red Sox for a long time. He's very obviously talking about xander bogarts and uh, brazier right here very obviously talking about those two guys as guys who have come up in the system that were with the red sox for a long time that they would like to keep um so that was that was a big uh almost a threat from the kennedys saying none of you are safe um but guys like bogarts jd martinez uh devers They're probably not going anywhere, but if I bet you, if we were to have this conversation last year, we would have had Mookie Betts in that conversation, and there it is on the bottom. Jackie Bradley Jr. drawing interest. Of course he is. He is the number one defensive outlet. I I don't understand. Noah, you know, most of the time I am a realist when it comes to baseball. I'm a baseball fan first, Red Sox fan second, and. I have said for the last few years, Jackie Bradley is our trade tool. Jackie Bradley's going to be the one who gets traded. And I hate it because I love Jackie Bradley Jr. But he is going to get us someone we need. Whether it be pitching or another bat in the lineup, he is going to get us somewhere we need to go. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame that they're not doing well. But I love that statement from Kennedy saying none of you are safe but then put that little tack on the end where he said the guys who came up through the system are probably safe. Um, so do you think that was a threat tactic, Noah, or do you think he's just kind of uh, just shooting off at the mouth?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'll go with shooting off at the mouth. I can't see that hell holding any legitimacy, especially because they're in such a desperate spot now. I just can't wrap my head around that actually happening. So,
0: So you're saying he'll never get rid of certain players. Absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. I'm just curious.
1: Um, I, don't I, need, listen, I don't see how you get rid of uh, Bogarts. That that just can't happen. You can yeah, get and, rid of Alexander Bogarts. He is a, listen, I'm a Yankees fan. All right. Alexander Bogarts is the key. Him and Devers, uh, if you ask me, are the, the two guys that they could build around, build the Red Sox around. Okay. And that's it. I, I can't see them getting, trading Devers. There you have him right there. Or Bogarts for anything. Because They're the guys. They're the guys. They have the hype. Devers has the excitement and the wackiness. Bogarts Bogarts is down and dirty, a nasty baseball player. He is a nasty baseball player. All right? Right. the fact that they would even think about getting rid of either of those two would just be stupid.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I would love to see both of them. I do want to bring up something quick before we talk about trade-in rumors uh, too much. And it was that hours after the Red Sox protested and stepped off the field. I don't know if you saw this, Noah. Ryan Brazier retweeted a video making mocking Doc Rivers' response to the shooting, uh, which is just unacceptable in my opinion. I've never liked Ryan Brazier, so I wasn't too shocked. Now, he was a great playoff guy for the Red Sox. And I, you know, I'm always grateful for a, a player who can carry the Red Sox in the playoffs and show up uh, and, and fill that closer position. Um, but yeah, he, he made fun of who are the, the twins there, the Hodge twins. Um, I don't know if you know who the Hodge twins are, Noah, they often appear on the Louder with Crowder segments. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are, uh, very conservative black Ben, which whatever, follow whatever politics you want. Um, but they were making fun of Doc Rivers, who was crying about the Jacob Blake shootings and they were just poking fun at him. And then Ryan Brasher retweets it and is making fun of these guys right Hours, hours after the Red Sox didn't take the field. Um, So uh, Ryan Brazier, you might be a trading card, uh, my friend, and we may not see you in a Red Sox uniform anymore, strictly based off of your social actions. And as we've seen, social problems is massive, massive on teams, and it will get you traded, uh, a la Trevor Bauer. Mm. So everyone, don't think that, Just because you're this big star, you can say whatever you want. It's not the case. So I think, honestly, Ryan Grazier is going to be one of the guys that gets moved. Um, But, Noah, do you think there's anyone – I know you're going to say uh, Rafi Devers and Sander Bogarts. Do you think there's anyone who's locked into the Red Sox outside of those two? Because I think that Chavis, Chavis, Devers, and Erod are guys that are not going anywhere.
1: Yeah, I could see. Uh, I could see Michael Travis not going anywhere. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, to be honest, uh, I, as you said, my two would definitely be Bogarts endeavors. Devers. Um, after Michael Chavez, I'd probably go. There's I no know. one else, in my opinion. I, I, I could make a case for JD Martinez uh, simply okay. because I don't know who else they would put in that role uh, as a solid. Like, listen, play left field. Do you
0: think he's staying with the Red Sox for the rest of his career?
1: Not. I wouldn't say the rest of his career. I would say he's not going anywhere this year. I could even make a case for next year because I don't know where they're going to be next year. And at this rate, it's not going to be in a good position to where they're going to want to be trading guys just for a bat. They're going to be more right. focused uh, on pitching. They're going to be more focused on defense.
0: Do you think uh, with Chris sale being as broken as he is, do you think Eduardo Rodriguez? I I certainly do that. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is the Red Sox ace of the future. Yeah. Absolutely, I, I I think that uh, Chris Sale is too injured, um, and he's he's gonna be gone. Um, and I I think he's gonna ask for more money, more incentives for a guy who's that broken. I think he's a trading piece. Chris Sale is, um, he'll be gone eventually. And I honestly, Noah, as much as I love JD, and he spelled the DH and um, left field position well, I think he's a trading piece too um he's gonna be expensive when his contract comes up um so the red sox as we know don't have a lot of spending money right now um and we spent a lot of it on bogart <laughs> so uh time to uh work on that and yeah as, as, as our clicker on the our ticker on the bottom here says that uh the boston red sox pitcher Walter rodriguez is done for the season due to a heart issue because of complications with covid19 Um, I do think he's the pitcher for the future, though. When he recovers, I hope he comes back at full strength. uh, And I'd love to see him start up with the Red Sox uh, and not be one of the trading tools, because I think he is locked in. Uh, But that basically fills up our Red Sox segment. Let's take a dive into the New York Yankees, who were swept by the Tampa Bay Rays, Noah. What in the world?
1: Yeah, it's a. Uh, it was a tough week to be a Yankees fan, for sure. There was a, a lot of like, what the heck is going on? If you ask me, uh, in my in my eyes, uh, I would say right there, it's it's a plain simple headline. The Yankees are definitely slumping. Uh, the New York Yankees in their. Prime, I would say. Uh, They were looking amazing to start off the season, and then they just hit a roadblock in the half. Uh, They lost three in a row to the Rays, as we said. They had five days off, five in a row days off, four because of coronavirus, and one because of a rain delay, uh, which was supposed to be against the Braves, which turned that two-game, uh, two-day stretch into a doubleheader on the day yeah. two against the Braves, which I'll get into how I feel about these doubleheaders in a little while. Uh, they lost both of those games in that doubleheader to the Braves. Uh, Garrett Cole is giving up lots of home runs. Me as the Yankees fan, I'm not concerned. I see I see a lot of people on social media worry that Garrett Cole isn't looking as dominant as he did last season or in previous seasons. But he's not. No, definitely not. Definitely not. This is also, I would say, is a different season. He had a start in spring training. He got hot. He got ready. And then he literally had the dead stop. Sure, he was training at his house. Sure, he was training at his hotel, whatever. It's not at the the ballpark. He's not pitching to to human beings. It's just not the same. Uh, And I, for one, as we said before, would think that uh, this is – Different, definitely a weird season that's putting a toll on a lot of players. Uh, so am I worried? No, because he's Garrett freaking cool. I mean, Sherry's sure, win streak was snapped, uh, which is depressing. He was, hey, had a, gr- a really solid win streak going for himself. Uh, Sherry sure, isn't dominating, uh, but as I said, it's a weird season. The Yankees lost that first game five to one. The second game yeah. had actually a really good start. He went five innings of scoreless ball and he got pulled in the fifth inning when he only threw 66 pitches. <laughs> now, Here's my thing, and I want to, I want you to tell me how you feel about this. I, I get that there's a certain point as a manager where you know your guy might be slowing down, where you know his velocity might be going down, where he might be missing a couple of spots, and you want to secure that win or save that moment. But when you have a guy out there who's only thrown 66 pitches through five innings of work, what would you do as a manager? And he, and he hasn't allowed a run.
0: Oh, he would be staying in until he started giving up, like, hit after hit. If he would give up two in a row, then I'd start thinking about, all right, let's get someone working in that bullpen. But he already had Chad Green up working. Yeah, he had uh, Chad
1: Green up working, yeah.
0: So, uh, it just doesn't make sense. And, you know, Aaron Bleepin Boone. as much as I try to protect <laughs> you, um, you know, you just uh, – this was a bad move.
1: Yes, and, uh, and Joe, our producer, actually sent me a message that Tanaka did tell Boone he was feeling gassed, which I understand. I understand that if you're Tanaka and you're actually feeling gassed. But if you're feeling gassed after five innings of work and 66 pitches, I'm worried.
0: Yeah, there's a deeper issue here if that's the case. Because if they are 66 pitches, it wasn't a long game either, right? It was a pitching duel. No, yeah, it was um, a pitching so, duel. So it wasn't like he was sitting on the bench and, uh, you know, waiting for his team to stop hitting home runs. Um, it was a quiet game. You were winning one nothing. Um, so that could be a, maybe an injury. Um, I,
1: I will say Tanaka's never been one of the guys um, to I, I, we've seen Tanaka dominate in a ball game and go nine innings. Yeah you
0: we know, saw him throw a nine inning complete game shut up.
1: and it was amazing and right. dominated and that was last just last season um but yeah and I, honestly yeah i'll agree joe again he's put us gave us a note here that some days just don't have it and this might have i him.
0: think tanaka wanted to go home and that's it he was tired
1: yeah it just might not have been his day he did just get back um uh, from you know, a little bit of an injury stint so maybe he's just still working out the kinks there and making sure he can go and getting his gas and the wind back so hopefully uh in his next start he'll be able to dominate there so we'll see how he goes Next uh, series was against the Mets. They had a doubleheader, and the Yankees lost both of those games against the Mets. Brutal. Yeah, so uh, game one was Jordan Montgomery with five innings and two runs allowed. Chad Green really, uh, who I would say is the Yankees' best reliever, and I'm a big proponent of Chad Green. She seems he's having a little bit of a, um,
0: s- a sloppy point here. In- yeah, we literally were patting this guy on the back last <laughs> week, and then he comes in this weekend. Oh, boy.
1: Well, we got to stop talking about guys being great. So that's that, that, this comes down to uh, the Yankees lose six to four after blowing a 4-0 lead through four and a half innings. Um, that was a tough game to watch, especially because Jordan Montgomery uh, had a fantastic, fantastic uh, start, I would say, for for him. He's he's a good player. I'm a big fan of Montgomery. I actually have him on my team in my fantasy league there that Tyler and Joe are a part of. Uh, but I, Tyler and I can't seem to get a win in that thing. That, that so,
0: league is a mess. That
1: league is a mess. <laughs> it's an absolute disaster this season for sure. Uh, game two of that doubleheader, Jonathan law got the start. Um, he goes three innings, giving up one. He actually worked on short rest, so he was not able to go the distance. The Yankees give the ball to Chapman with a run-one lead, being enrolled as Chapman, last year's reliever of the year. And he blew the save, uh, and the Mets walked it off, and they bought him with a seventh because it was a doubleheader, so we had seven in games. game. <laughs> <laughs> Stop getting so much <laughs> joy out of this, please.
0: <laughs> That's just brutal, man. Because I, I just love when the Rays are the team that I predicted, and they're taking it to the Yankees. Mm. It, couldn't, it couldn't be better. This was the um, the Mets series. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the Rays to walk it off on him.
1: I think Well, we were just showing how G-Man Choi dominates the Yankees, which I told you, he is a terrifying.
0: Is, I, yes, but I'm not i'm not intimidated by him when i when he comes up to the plate he's just look at him he's adorable you don't want to you like you're like this guy's the best he's hilarious
1: he will take you deep he doesn't give a damn who you are
0: that he's like he's like the venus flytrap he's just he's just (laughs) there he's like i'm adorable don't worry about me bam
1: oh gosh so, uh, here, game number three, the Yankees—they did it in in glorious fashion, snapping a seven-game losing streak to win the game two to one. Over the Mets. that, uh, Happ went seven innings of scoreless ball, which was really awesome to see out of him. It's good to see him getting some work in. Voit uh, hit a solo shot in the first inning. Voit stays hot. He is absolutely a dominant hitter. It's insane what he's doing this year with the baseball. I just only wish it was a real season because who knows what his stats would look like in a hundred and sixty-game season. Um, Let's see. The Yankees were silent until the bottom of the ninth inning after Voight hit that uh, home run in the first inning. And then the Yankees were able to walk it off uh, with a wild pitch. Uh, We actually. Yeah. So that's literally how far the ball was from the strike zone. It went over the head of the hitter over the catcher's glove, over the umpire to the backstop, and Clint Frazier was able to score from third base. One thing that Joe, our producer, actually told Tyler and I before the game was that this wasn't even supposed to be intended. The uh, hitter up there... Uh, actually wasn't even supposed to bunt. He wasn't told to. He just wanted to get some wood on the ball, as he was quoted in saying after the game. And uh, lo and behold, the pitcher was like, eh, here you go, and gave the Yankees a win, gave him a cookie, and they walked it off uh, with that wild pitch. What about high-fiving? What the yeah, high-fiving like, hey, about? You, you, ran, you, you ran, hey, Frazier paid attention. He ran home. You gotta pay attention. He wasn't sleeping at third, so that's
0: good. He could have walked home with that wild pitch. Yeah, you're, You are
1: right. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, it was funny to see. I actually follow a few subreddits of uh, Yankees fans and MLB fans and the Yankees, uh, Yankees fans, um, whatchamacallit, on the subreddit, were all hyped up that the Yankees got a win. And They were like, the Yankees gonna win. It was a wild pitch, but we still won, like snapped our losing streak. So everyone was happy about that. Uh, and uh, yes, I love to see it. Dellen Batances uh, was actually the one on the mound for the Mets there. And another funny thing from that subreddit was the second Botansis went into the game. Someone in that uh, someone posted on the subreddit like, "Oh, Botansis, blow it, just blow it like you always do. Like, come on." Uh, as you know, I, I like Botansis when he's on, but when he's off, it's usually when I'm at Yankee Stadium, and because I always, <laughs> you always, always happen to be there. Every time he has a bad uh, bad spot out of the bullpen, I happen to be in the stands. And it well,
0: no, it sounds like you should stop going to games.
1: Uh, actually, yes, absolutely. Uh, one thing I want to add, though, Tyler, uh, is that J. A. Happ. I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, if you've even noticed that he wasn't getting a lot of starts in the last couple weeks. Here, they weren't pitching him every five days, and it doesn't seem like they even still are. Uh, I- I'm not sure if he only got to start uh, Game Three against the Mets there because they had so many doubleheaders. That could be the case, but Happ is actually uh, voicing frustrations over not being used enough. He-, he was quoted in saying that he wants to be out there to help the Yankees. He wants to go every five days and seeing him go that seven scoreless innings, that's a good sign that he's ready, you know, he wants to actually be there. He wants to help out his team. Uh the biggest reason that they're actually what it seems to be is why they're holding him back and not giving him a start every five days is because he has one of those clauses in his contracts that if he pitches a certain amount of innings, he actually gets a bonus. So could it be that the Yankees want to save cash, which is not like the Yankees at all. Who knows? But uh to me, I don't know if I would Fault J.A. Happ for being frustrated here because, as a pitcher in the major leagues, I don't care who you play for, if you're in the starting rotation or told you're going to be in the starting rotation, you want to be there. So, to me, I would definitely put him on the mound every five days, especially with Happ and Severino down. I'm sorry, uh, Paxton and Severino down. You want Happ going out there, uh, even if it's just to eat innings. But from what it seems, he can actually go there, he can actually have a good start for us and keep us in the game to win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, I mean, I don't understand where this struggle came from because every person on the Yankees team has a component to put you guys as a championship-caliber team. And you made some incredible points right there. So I'm I'm just confused, even as a Red Sox fan.
1: Yeah, so that was uh, one thing. Again, it could be a money thing. Who knows? Uh, I I don't know if that's actually the case. But at the end of it, I would like to see half get the ball more often, especially if he can keep doing what he did in this game.
0: I mean, that's what he did two years ago, man. That's for sure.
1: That's for sure. Uh, and to end it quickly, the Yankees slump here. Do we, I, do we think it's over?
0: I don't know. Oh, yeah. This is it. That was it. I don't every, know. Every, every team has a bad week. For the Yankees, unfortunately, in 2018, it happened at the end of the season uh, when you guys couldn't pull off the comeback to win the division. Uh, I think you're lucky that it happened midseason, and you guys can continue to ride uh, how great you've been to the end of the season. And personally, that's what I'm assuming is going to happen.
1: Yeah, all right. I think the biggest thing is uh, injuries piled up as they did last season. And last season, they had the whole next man up campaign as I a right. here, which I love to see. Uh, but I, I, my biggest thing is they got to figure this injury thing out because they literally uh, had their one through four of the lineup go. Uh, right. Like it was like that. And that was it. And now it's like, all right, figure it out. Like, what are you going to do now? Uh, So that's obviously not something you want to see. Garrett Cole is giving up uh, home runs. It's not seeing like he's pitching as strong as he used to. But again, I think he can right the ship. Not worried about that. Um, We've talked about this before. I don't know. I I love Aaron Boone. I'm an Aaron Boone fan, okay? Uh, Obviously, like a day or two after you get eliminated from the playoffs, you hate everybody. So, But I I digress on that one. Tyler, what do you think about the Yankees lineup here? As you look at the Red Sox lineup, you can my biggest thing is you see consistency in the Red Sox yeah. or in other lineups. Like you know, JD Martinez is hitting three or four. All right. You know Devers is hitting two or three. You know that those were that's where those guys are going to be. Played sent- inside right. To me, I just don't feel the Yankees lineup has consistency past DJ LeMayhew and Aaron Judge. I feel like those are the one and two. And then after that, I just don't know where Aaron Boone is going. I get that we're literally even you know, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here. We're trying to find people to come out and, um, you know, take a stand here. I just don't understand where Aaron Boone goes when he thinks putting Sanchez in the four
0: hole was a move. Uh, yeah, but- no, they shouldn't be filling those. They shouldn't be putting guys in their positions. They're batting in the minors. They should be filling the holes that they need to fill at the major league level. Um, And I think that's what he's doing is every time these guys come up, he completely adjusts the lineup where he should just be tampering with it a little bit and fitting these guys into the open holes rather than moving the whole thing around.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that's my uh, that's my biggest thing there is the lineup to me, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, the one and two, the one and two hole guys are consistent and then after that doesn't make sense. I, I'm a big fan of pitching judge number three and, and uh, Stanton four once they get back. But I still I will say my biggest complaint is coronavirus. I think that the schedule increased schedule is uh having a toll on players. We see a lot of injuries piling up, not just in the Yankees organization, but all across baseball. People are dropping like flies, especially big. Big name pitchers, uh, as we talked about previously. And here's the craziest thing I want you to think about, Tyler. The Yankees, including their two that they already had and the doubleheader they have today, have three doubleheaders in five days. Yeah. Three doubleheaders in five days. And you think about a regular season of baseball, you, have to be exhausted. you don't usually see um, you know, doubleheaders that often. Because, you know, you don't want to have to play them. You don't want to put that strain on players or have that type of schedule. But oh. now you see that, you know, because of the coronavirus, there's so many teams having doubleheaders just to make up games and get all 60 games in. It's taking a toll on the teams, it, for, to me. Like, I would say it's taking a toll on players, taking a toll on teams. Of course it is. And we're seeing negative effects uh, of it. Uh, One thing today in game one that is exciting, at least, is uh, Deva Garcia will start game one for the Yankees, making his major league debut against the New York Mets. Uh, So I'm happy to see him get the start, get the call. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people who are hopeful he can actually be a uh, prominent starter in the Yankees rotation in the future. So I hope today gives us some insight into the future as to what we could look forward to seeing if he were to ever have a solid rotation in the run through five. So with that, can the Yankees uh, come back? from their slump here, I would say yes. I still am worried about the injuries. I really hope that they can get their organization together and uh, have a solid and healthy starting lineup and pitching rotation. So that is the Yankees.
0: And- yeah, the Yankees, uh, like you said, they are – I don't think they're in a position where we need to panic just yet. The Yankees are uh, – the seven-game losing streak, whatever. In a normal season, ouch, it doesn't hurt. And this season, yes, it hurts way more than a regular season. Uh, but the Yankees are looking to go up uh, and and finish this season strong. They just got to get past the Rays. Um, so let's uh, – I think, Noah, we've basically covered everything we need to cover for the time being. Um, this has been a highly productive episode of <laughs> Baseball with the Bard. I am very excited to see where the rest of this season goes because there are a lot of uh, races in the uh, – Uh, league that are very close unlike unlike some other divisions where like the Dodgers are just running away with it Um, so I'm very excited to see where the rest of this season goes Um, but before we go I just want to plug our our host Clovercrest here a little bit Uh, if you love podcasts visit clovercrestmedia.com for a wide selection of great shows covering sports business relationships pop culture politics and true crime 26 shows on the CMG network and if you don't find one you like start your own We can help you launch your podcast for as little as $15 per month, and Clovercrestmedia.com is the website you need to visit. Make sure that you check it out and tell your friends about it. You can visit Clovercrestmedia.com and click on the link for the latest on your favorite CMG podcast as well as blogs, video, and all of the latest infos. For Baseball with the Bard, my name is Tyler Bard, and that is Noah Cross. We will see you next Sunday. Baseball with the Bard.